0: When I first tried Twitter years ago, I was left with the impression of, what's the point of doing this? And yet, I've been pleasantly surprised since then of how much Twitter has informed not only my professional development, but helped me to build relationships. On today's show, how Twitter can help you lead. This is Coaching for Leaders, Episode 242. Produced by Innovate Learning, Maximizing Human Potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave stahoviak Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show will give you access to the best thinkers, resources, and actions that will help you to develop your leadership skills. And speaking of leadership skills being made, one of the things that we are all navigating in... Today's age of technology and social media is understanding how to build relationships and influence in the online world. And you've probably been ignoring everything in the media if you haven't heard anything about social media or services like Twitter. And today we're going to take a look at Twitter. We haven't really looked at Twitter uh, on the show before, but it is an important social network from not only the standpoint of leadership development, but also from the standpoint of business influence. And we're going to look at both of those lenses today. And I'm thrilled to be able to welcome a guest who has really developed a great expertise in Twitter and is extremely knowledgeable on building an audience. And I know he's going to provide a lot of assistance to us in that, and that is Joel Com. Joel is the New York Times bestselling author of 12 books, including The AdSense Code, Click Here to Order Stories from the World's Most Successful Entrepreneurs, and Kaching, How to Run an Online Business That Pays and Pays. And he's also the author with Dave Taylor of Twitter Power 3.0, which I read recently and is going to be the topic of our conversation today. He has appeared in the New York Times, on Jon Stewart's The Daily Show, CNN Online, and many other places. Joel, the common, the common criticism that I hear from people who haven't used Twitter
1: is, I don't want to hear what people have had for breakfast. Have you heard that before? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so many times. And uh, and thanks, Dave, for uh, having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. You know, here's what it took me some time to recognize. I've been on Twitter since 2007. And honestly, when I started in May, I kind of shrugged my shoulders and thought, I don't get it, which is really typical. And to this day, Twitter's onboarding uh, process still has some people shrugging their shoulders. But once I started spending time with it, I realized that it provides a really great opportunity for points of connection. And the crazy mundane tweets actually turn out to be One of the areas that more people connect with because we can relate to the silly things like, you know, what kind of what you're having for breakfast or, you know, that you're out walking your dog. It provides real human connection and it helps show us a part of somebody else's life that we might not see just from a business perspective.
0: And that's something that uh, I can relate to a lot, too. Like you, when I started on Twitter, I think it was 2009, I logged in, I looked, I <laughs> kind of threw up my hands like, what is this thing? And yet, a lot of the things that we have done in the past in person, and, and of course, many of us still do, of talk about our own personal experiences and things we had for breakfast and those kind of things do come out on Twitter. And so it's a natural progression of that relationship. And yet, there's a lot more that we can do with it, too. And I think that those that... Just dismiss Twitter outright and say, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't have time for that, or I don't just want to know what people are eating or whatever." Miss a lot of the opportunities yeah. that Twitter provides, and I, I've gotten a lot of them. I know you have as well, as well too.
1: Sure, yeah, it's not just that. It's kind of funny because I had actually written the first edition of Twitter Power in two thousand eight, released in two thousand nine, and it was after that that I posted a photo of a couple donuts. I have a sweet tooth. Uh, it's basically my whole head is my sweet tooth, <laughs> and uh, I took a picture of these donuts and I said, what's your favorite donut? Make mine chocolate. And I got more responses and replies to that silly donut tweet than I had anything I had posted specifically about business. And the thing is, it's not about the donuts. Maybe that's a good article uh, title right there. It's not about the donuts. seriously. What it's really about is connecting with other people. And, you know, people get used to seeing me on stage as a speaker or they see me as a consultant or an author. But when I share something that's a part of my personal life, now they see me as a human being. And what might have seemed unreachable before is now really right down to earth where it's always been. It's just a perception thing. And so that's why I love sharing parts of my life because I'm just like everybody else.
0: Yeah. And and when we think about it, if you want to engage in a relationship with someone in a business context or in an influence way, it starts with building rapport. And so Twitter is one way to do that. And I've been really amazed at how I've had some conversations with people that I would never have any sort of interaction with in the quote unquote real world as far as either being able to have a, a conversation with or run into in any sort of you know meaningful way, and yet have been able to have chats back and forth on Twitter because Twitter provides a level of accessibility that you don't necessarily get on any other network.
1: It's really true, especially for those that are into it. In fact, just this week, as we're recording this, I was followed by Soledad O'Brien, and I thought, well, that's interesting, and she's really into Twitter. So I, now that she was following me and I was following her back, I had the ability to direct message her. And I said, hey, I'm a fan, and I see you love Twitter. Can I send you a copy of my book? And she replied with the address for her media company and is excited to get it. Now, how else can that happen? That, to me, is the essence of Twitter power connecting with somebody that you want to connect with whether they're in a position of influence or whether they're old, you know family members or reconnecting with old friends or current business associates there's 300 million active Twitter users and you know if you choose not to use it that's fine but you can't dismiss it because there is real activity taking place there from a lot of people that are serious about business serious about leadership serious about engaging with others
0: well and that that leads right into one of the real strategies that I think for almost anyone can use Twitter for is really a strategy of leadership development and and at a broader sense our own personal learning network and so uh, thinking about the things that that come into our lives and things that we see on screen that will help inform us on a professional level, and um, I don't know how you approach Twitter, Joel. But I'm one of the things I, I tend to do is I tend to follow individuals more than I do organizations. And one of the ways that I've approached Twitter is to follow individuals who are influential in some way to me, as far as either their business leaders or journalists or their past or future guests on this show. Or, or they have some sort of expertise? Because I'm really curious about what they're talking about and what they're sharing online and what articles I see again and again, because those are the things that I then zero in on and and think, oh, wow, I saw four people just share this article. That must be something of significance that people are sharing these days.
1: Yeah, I, I share a variety of content. Now, uh, being an influencer myself, I have I don't know, something like 260,000 people following that now. So it's really hard to have a lot of conversations. So I try to put out as much content that is engaging, thought-provoking, inspiring, and especially entertaining. As possible, and uh, then I try to reply as I'm able. It's a it's a lot to do for those that don't have that kind of following. It, it becomes a lot easier to build the one on one relationships, and because I'm engaged in Twitter and on Facebook and on LinkedIn and on Snapchat and on several other platforms, you know it's easy to get spread thin. But that doesn't discount the value of building that one to one relationship on Twitter.
0: So uh, I'm, one of the things I'm curious about is for those in our audience, and I and I suspect this is probably many people in the Coaching for Leaders audience who are not maybe using Twitter very actively or not maybe have not even tried out Twitter. If they're looking at it, Joel, from a standpoint of how do I just understand a little bit more about what's going on in my industry, in the people that I believe are influential to my professional development, what would be a good starting point for moving into Twitter and starting to get some value from it?
1: That's a great question, Dave. So, you know, when we talk about search, people immediately go to Google and think this is where I find what I want. But Twitter is actually one of the greatest search engines on the web because by typing into the search form either a keyword or a hashtag, and for those who don't know, that's basically a keyword that has a pound sign in front of it, uh, you're able to locate people brands, uh, events, things that are happening that are directly related to whatever you're searching for. And it's immediate when, you know, you search on Google and sometimes you'll find an article from a year ago or three years ago or even five years ago. It might not be current, but when you search on Twitter, you're going to get what is current, what is happening right now, all the most recent mentions. So for example, let's say you're a camera buff and you're thinking about buying a new uh, Nokia camera. If you put hashtag Nokia and maybe even the camera make and model into the search form, you're going to get the most current discussion. You're going to see who's talking about it and what they're saying. And so, whatever your business is, by searching for hashtags that would be related to your particular vertical, you're going to find the people that are are most likely to enter into dialogue with you and see what they're talking about. They might be answering questions, which you can answer. They might answer questions of yours. You might see that they're connected to people that you'd like to be connected with. And I kind of see it, Dave, as walking into this massive party where there's all these groups of people in various circles. Some are groups of two, some are groups of 10, some are big circles of 100. And they're all talking about, well, pretty much everything and anything. And it's a matter of locating the circle that you want to enter into that conversation and just doing exactly that you know, never before in the history of the world, but for social media, have we had the opportunity to find people so immediately that share our interests. And Twitter as a search engine and as a content site is super powerful for that.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned the immediacy because I think that that's something that I'm not sure everyone. I know you. You really uh, would appreciate this, Joel, as an author. Is once something's in print, a a book, you know, it's the information's at least a year old, sometimes two years old, and Twitter is what's happening immediately. You know, you find out exactly what's going on, and I think that those of us who are who are uh, book geeks sometimes miss out on the current conversation because we may only look at what's been published or what's mm-hmm. um, what's in the more traditional media. And that's important to do. Uh, I'm, I'm not discounting that by any means. But knowing what's currently happening, there's, there's a ton of value there, not only from a leadership development standpoint, but from a business strategy standpoint, too.
1: Yes. And Twitter will show you the types of terms and, and events that are trending right now or by region. And just you know to bring it on home to, uh, to your audience that really is about leadership, when I type a hashtag leadership in the Twitter search form, I see that people are searching for leadership, leadership skills, coaching, leadership development. And then I see a bunch of uh, Twitter accounts that have leadership, the leadership newspaper, the leadership expert, women's leadership. And if I actually go and type in to see what are people saying right now about leadership, I'm going to see hashtags from people that are posting very specifically ideas, articles, videos, photos, all centered around concepts of leadership. And uh, boy, this page just goes on and on. There's so much great content I'm pulling up right now. And so if you're skeptical, if you've not done Twitter and you're skeptical, just go ahead and start with that one term. Type hashtag leadership and scroll through and see some of what's being said. I have a hunch you'll find the initial accounts that you'll want to follow and engage with
0: and we haven't even talked about posting on twitter yet we're just right. we're purely looking at this you know what we talked about so far of like how could you from even a passive standpoint utilize twitter as part of your knowledge management and personal learning network of figuring out what's going on in the world so you're aware of what's happening and you're finding the current conversation and then of course the next step beyond that for those who want to do this is to start to engage and actually get content out there When you're coaching people, Joel, and, and working with business leaders and trying to figure out what kind of presence that they want to have Twitter, where do you have people start thinking about this?
1: Well, you know, I'm a big fan of the personal touch. And I understand there's larger brands that uh, show up as a logo on Twitter. But I really uh, even then recommend that they have faces to the team that are managing that Twitter account so that consumers understand that they're dealing with a human being and not a faceless brand. So I'm a big fan of having your own personal Twitter account where you share the things that are of interest to you and engage with people based on those interests.
0: I'm a fan of that too and those tend to be the folks that I follow and I've to reinforce your point. I've I've definitely found that my Twitter conversations and interactions have uh, grown and not only in quantity but more importantly in substance over the time that I've Reached out to be more personal on Twitter, in addition to being professional, which is where I had started. And when I do occasionally share like a picture of our kids or talk about something on the weekend or, or something like that, I find that people really resonate with that, and that they it, it makes people laugh and they smile, and and that starts conversations. And like we were talking about earlier, that's a lot of times the rapport beginning piece that leads to you know the relationship in some cases.
1: You're spot on. In fact, I'm not even going to add anything to that. Well said.
0: So so here's the transition point then for some of our listeners is thinking about this from a business standpoint, because there are people and organizations who have done really powerful things with Twitter. You're a great example of it, Joel. I mean, you have a quarter million people who follow you on Twitter and, and you've really, I don't know if I'd ever say any of us have ever mastered anything, but you've come as close to mastering Twitter as anyone has. How do you begin to think about this from a marketing strategy or a business influence strategy, as far as how to get your message out there and to represent what your organization is doing? Does that fit in with the personal, or is it a separate conversation? Or how do how do you get people thinking about that?
1: I don't think there's any one way, right? It's just like we're all individuals, and each of our brands is different, and the message we're putting out there is going to be different. I think being creative and staying true to ourselves and our brand is what's going to be most important. Authenticity really is the key word. People are tired of being marketed to. What they want to have are conversations with real people that are bringing value to them. Uh, People buy from those they like, know, and trust. And so one of the biggest mistakes people make on Twitter, especially brands, is going out there and immediately tweeting, buy my stuff. Here's what we have for sale, here's where you can go get it. And in the social media realm, and especially Twitter, that immediately will shut people off. They're not interested in that. What they want to know is, uh, well, really, according to the old Zig, Zig Ziglar axiom, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it's always about bringing value first. So the question shouldn't be, how do I use Twitter to market? The Twitter should be, how do I reach into this audience of 300 million active monthly users and bring value to them? Through the content I create, through the uh, the articles that I link to, through the pictures and the videos that I post, through the questions that I ask, through the questions that I answer, it's really about delivering value. And you know, I believe that as you put the good stuff out there, as you seek to do good stuff, then uh, it's going to come back. It's really a lot of planting seeds and watering them. And that's how you bring about a harvest. I talk a lot about this. You've, you know, you read the book, Twitter Power 3.0, and uh, talk a lot about how to approach Twitter from a philosophical perspective before you just go out there and and start uh, ready, uh, shoot, aim. Yeah, well, and
0: it's almost like going to a dinner party. Like You wouldn't show up at a dinner party in real life and walk in, having not met anyone or most of the people there, and start talking to them about how to do business with you or what you sell or anything like that. You'd walk in and you'd do what we all do, which is build rapport and ask questions and be a good listener and all the things Dale Carnegie taught us all to do. And yet somehow when we all get online, and I've been guilty of it, I'm, I'm sure it points to, is is somehow... We, We tend to forget
1: about that, don't we? Yep, we do. Because, uh, you know, it's like if you hand a person a uh, a soapbox and a bullhorn, they're going to go set up in the middle of town square and stand on it and start using it because uh, that seems what's natural to do. And so when you have this social platform and it says type whatever you want here, it's kind of like giving you a uh, soapbox and a bullhorn, oh, but yeah. that's, it's not effective that way. We have to remember that we're not just broadcasting to 300 million people faceless, uh, you know, people, these are human beings that are individuals with their own, you know, hopes, fears, desires, dreams, uh, successes, failures, needs. And we have to target what we say so that we're actually impacting the life. Even if one person, right. If we, if we have that mindset that if we just are going to go out there and use social to make a difference in one life, odds are we're going to impact way more than that.
0: I love the analogy of the soapbox because that's so exactly like it is with social media as we have these powerful tools. And yet, it really requires us to think about how we use that technology and that power in a way that really is authentic and real as far as building relationships. That's
1: fabulous. With it, it, great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure,
0: for sure. And and that I, I try to think about this a lot. And you know, I've I've gone back and forth over the years and just how I've approached Twitter and all the social media platforms. Um, and and one of the things that I often think of is just I don't have a hard and fast rule, but I, I try to think in my mind of just like ratios of time of like, okay, how much am I just sharing something that's personal and just purely rapport building, and how much time am I I spending sharing things other people have done. And then how, how much am I talking about, you know, things that I've done, like content and things that are related to this platform. And I, I try to do more of the first two than the third, which is to do more rapport and, and sharing of other people's things. Because I know that people like value and they like something that's, you know, a little entertaining and fun, too. And that, that's the way to build those relationships.
1: Yeah, you know, I totally agree. And I love I get the opportunity to go and speak to a lot of companies and organizations and institutions about using social media. And what I like to do is take the fear out of it, because there's a lot of people that frankly are timid about how to approach it. And once they understand, once they grasp a philosophy of how social media really is like the real world. It's just an online microcosm of how we treat people in real life. They feel a sense of freedom that they can now approach it and go into it with uh, with a purpose and uh, uh, with some direction. And it removes that fear. And I'd and, uh, love to watch it them then blossom and to see the brand start to be creative and feel free to be more who they are. And remember, people can smell phony. The yeah. more authentic you are, the more believable it will be because people can smell fake.
0: Oh, I'm glad you brought this up because I have not, there's many things I've thought about with social media over the years, but fear hasn't been one of the things, at least for me, that I've, I've found that I've struggled with. And so it's interesting that there's a, there's a lot of that out there. And I'm guessing that there's a, a bunch of folks in our community too that may be feeling that.
1: When well, what, you, what if I screw up? What if I post something you know that, that was disastrous? What do I do? How do I, yeah. how do I clean up that mess? Yeah. And you know, we're all going to make messes. You know, right, Dave, we, we, we're people, we're humans, we're going to make a mess. And the real key, especially if you make a mistake, is to just own it otherwise social media will have you for lunch and it, it, as well they should you know i've seen brands that make these horrible faux pas and then try to cover it up or point the finger or blame somebody else and it just makes things worse you know never before has the mob mentality been so represented as it is in social media but the good news is is people put down their pitchforks when you just are honest about what happened and said you know what we made a mistake. We're really sorry. Please forgive us.
0: When you've talked with people and organizations about working through some of that fear, what have you found either an analogy or an example or, or something that you find that people get their heads around that, that helps them to take that first step to move past the, I don't want to say unwillingness, but just the concern about getting online?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A lot of the fears come from the fact that this is technology that we're using. Right. And somehow technology dehumanizes. But the point of social media, when used authentically and responsibly, is to humanize, is to connect. And so back in 2008, I said Twitter is the water cooler of our time. And when you picture the water cooler in the office, it's the place you get up from, you know, get go to, get up from your desk to uh, have a a drink of nice, cool water or to get your hot water to make your coffee or tea or whatever, and stretch your legs. And usually at the water cooler, you're going to encounter other people. And they're going to be having discussion about what? Well, it could be about, you know, last night's big game, could be about the movie they just saw, could be about their spouse, their kids, their dog. They might even be discussing something about business, perhaps politics. But the point is, is they're talking and they're talking about anything and everything. And Twitter is a place where those conversations are continually taking place. And so seeing it as human beings conversing rather than this intimidating technology that's going to judge me for my 140 characters really can take a lot of the pressure off and telling people, just be real. It's okay. Even even the warts and all, it's okay because we've all all got them. And uh, if you're going to be a pretender and a poser as though somehow you don't, people are going to see that. Just keep it real. It's not rocket science.
0: I love that advice. Uh, you know, one thing we should probably uh, we should probably hit on you know in in the context of just recent events is I know Twitter's come you know come under some pressure from investors and direction of the company and strategy and how they may be changing the platform or not. How do you see the future of Twitter playing out? And and is that something that should concern us as end users as far as? you know how this platform goes in the in the future or is that the kind of thing that you know we probably shouldn't worry that much about as far as how we're interacting with it
1: well you know as far as twitter goes 300 million active users is a lot of people and so even though they're having some missteps internally and their stock price is suffering those people are still using it and you know worst case scenario they get acquired you know down the road by facebook and facebook learned you know who has monetized their site very well then turns it around as a business model. For Twitter, but I, you know, the changes are evolutionary changes. I'm not concerned about them at all. If they increase the character limit, I think that's great. I loved when they allowed the ability to embed photos and videos and quote retweets. I'm really happy with all that because we often want to say more than the 140 characters, which was really put in place initially because of SMS character limitations, not because it was just a novel idea to do this thing called microblogging. So I. I actually get more frustrated when I've got one hundred and forty five characters and I've got to edit it back. Just let me say what I want to say and give me the freedom to say it. So I wouldn't be concerned about that
0: well, this is great stuff. and And you've hit on some of the the tactical uh, uses of twitter and and just some of the terminology that's used with Twitter. And we intentionally haven't hit on that in the conversation today just because, you know, you can find so much of that online and of course in 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 Joel's book as far as how to approach it from the technology standpoint that's really the easy stuff though at the end of the day it's it's the strategy and how you approach it which hopefully we've we've given people a little bit of insight into here Joel and and I do hope people will go and check out the book because I think it's a really fabulous it really provides everything you need as far as how to approach this platform. is a great reference guide for that. Can you say a little more about the book? And also, if folks want to connect with you, uh, Joel, I'm, I'm guessing you might be on Twitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I am. I'm, I'm fortunate. I've got a verified Twitter account. The book, uh, the latest edition, is Twitter Power 3.0. It is the third book in the series, along with my co-author, Dave Taylor, uh, published by Wiley and a foreword by Guy Kawasaki, the chief evangelist of Canva. And it is, I'm actually holding it right here, it's 270 pages of Twitter crunchy goodness. And the series is the top selling uh, series on how to use Twitter in the world. So if people want to contact me, I'm on Twitter at Joel It's J-O-E-L-C-O-M-M. And yes, Com is my real name. So that makes for a great stage name for the internet, but it's actually my real name. <laughs> and awesome. if anybody's interested in getting a hold of me for uh, you know any potential purpose, I have a lot of people contacting me to come speak to their organizations, institutions, and companies. Go to joelcom.com and click the contact link and you'll find a form that comes right to me and I'd love to hear from you.
0: Fabulous. And uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this. I did read your entire book. and I, but I don't I think, mind
1: that at all. I think that that's <laughs> fantastic. That's <laughs> that why we the write the, books, eh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the What I was going to say is, I, I think that people could pick up the book though, and you've written it in such a way that it would also work really well as a reference guide. So you could pick it up and say, hey, you just wanted to start off and use Twitter and in more of a kind of a learning way, a passive way that we talked about, and you could pick it up and just read one chapter and figure out how to do that really well, and then set it aside and grab it again two months later and pick up and look at the next section of thinking like, okay, now how would I want to be a little more active? And I think that you've written it in such a way that it's really accessible in all those different ways. So if people want to use it modularly, I think that'll really be helpful to them too.
1: Thanks, Dave. Yeah, there's actually a site for the book as well. It's twitterpower.com fabulous.
0: Well, thanks so much Joel. I really appreciate your time and and your your wisdom and helping guide us along on utilizing Twitter a little more effectively.
1: My pleasure. Tweet on, my friend.
0: Thank you, Joel, for your perspective on Twitter. And speaking of perspective on social media generally, you may remember I had Cal Newport on a couple months ago on the show, and he was talking about how he doesn't use social media at all and finds that it interrupts his ability to do what he calls deep work and has that book out called Deep Work, which I love and have found a lot of value in. And so these might seem like very disparate messages of, on one hand, talking about not being on social media, and this episode talking about using Twitter for leadership development. And so a few reasons for that. Uh, First and foremost, I see my role is bringing you different perspectives of how do you utilize these different tools and resources and networks that are out there and decide for yourself on do the benefits outweigh the cost and with every Certainly social media network, but really anything we do from our leadership development, there's costs, time, investment, attention span, and there's costs with Twitter too. There are absolutely times Twitter has distracted me from doing the things that I probably should be doing. I found that the cost benefit for me with Twitter is worth it and with LinkedIn is worth it in the work I do as far as helping me build relationships and and helping me to contribute to my own professional development. You may not make that same conclusion. So I hope one of the things that you'll be thinking about coming out of some of these recent conversations is how are you intentional about what you want to get out of different platforms like this? And how do you want to contribute to help the world be a better place? And if Twitter isn't your thing, don't do Twitter. If Facebook isn't your thing, don't do Don't do Facebook uh, or any of these tools and resources that are out there. Same thing with professional organizations. We all have to make choices on what we invest in. So that's the first and foremost thing to be thinking of. And then secondly is to let you know about what's going on out there with these different social networks. Even if you don't use Twitter, knowing that it's out there and knowing how your customers, your competition, maybe using Twitter is important to at least have an awareness around. So I hope that you'll find that uh, what has been said today will be helpful to you in making some decisions around that and deciding how you engage for your own professional development. And as always, I welcome comments, questions, feedback about the conversation today. You can connect with me on Twitter if you'd like. The Twitter button for my account is on all the leadership guides that I send on email on Wednesdays. Uh, And the next Q&A show is coming up next week. Always looking for questions and comments for the Q&A show. You can reach reach us for questions or comments at coachingforleaders.com slash feedback, or you can tweet them at us too if you'd like. And if you're not already subscribed to the weekly leadership guide that comes every Wednesday, please do subscribe. You will receive from me on Wednesdays a email with the show notes for every episode and links back to the things the guests have said and the resources that they've mentioned and things that they talk about online that you'd like to follow up with, also some of their quotes. And I also include in each of those guides a list of some of the resources online that the things I've been reading and in some cases have found through Twitter of good information out there that'll help you and support you in your leadership development between the shows. And when you join the weekly leadership guide that comes on Wednesdays, you'll also get instant access to my guide that has the 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others and brief summaries from me on the value of each one of those books. It's it's an 11-page reader's guide and a nine-minute video. And you can get access to all of that at coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. And a big thank you, finally, this week to Maya Jablug. I hope I'm saying your name right, Maya, from the UK, who was very kind to hop onto iTunes recently and leave a review for the show. And Maya said, simple but effective tips for leadership coaching in all aspects of managing people. I'm glad that's helpful to you, Maya. If the show's been helpful to you as well, I'm always grateful if you take a moment to leave a review. Go to Coaching for Leaders. Dot com slash iTunes. And we will be back next Monday for our monthly Q&A show, the first Monday of the month, the place to send questions again, coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. Have a great week and see you next Monday.